What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have two of the main core team from Alien Pixel Studios with us today, and they're here to talk about their upcoming game known as Unbound Worlds Apart. Thanks for joining. Yep, thank Hello. you for having us. Hi, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually shouted out your game back when it was on Kickstarter, so I'm glad to be talking with all of you now that it, it's getting closer to this release because... I think that this is going to be a good game. I'm excited to dive into it and talk about it today. But before we do that, let's talk about, you know, who are the creators? Let's talk about the minds behind the game. How uh, how about each of you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the games industry in the first place. Um, whoever wants to go first. Andre, can you go first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So my name is Andre. I'm taking care of the tech side for Unbound. And also doing some small producer stuff because like we need to, to ship on time and make sure our tasks are okay. Uh, I started in the game industry, I think in like 2013. I got my first job after getting, uh, not, not my first job, I had more jobs before, but my first job <laughs> in gaming, it was with Electronic Arts. Because oh, wow. there is a studio here in Bucharest. And I think I worked like... I worked there until last year, since I, I quit my job and joined the Pixel full-time. I mm -hmm. worked for like six years on a lot of FIFA titles, like FIFA oh, 2015, wow. 16, and so on. Like FIFA 20 was the last one for me. Wow. And I was, so you're a soccer expert, huh? Oh, uh, not so much, to be honest. <laughs> like <laughs> like soccer, soccer is not really my passion, but I really like the game. I really like the game and... and since I was in, in high school, I think I was I was imagining that I'm gonna work in the game industry. So it's really it was really awesome that I could find a studio here in, in Bucharest and, and learn how AAA games do their, their stuff. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, I'm Sergio. I'm uh, dealing with game design, some tech uh, issues on Unbound uh, and some I'm doing some marketing as well for the game. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I started a bit earlier with, uh, I started uh, when I was in high school to prototype games. Like, I wanted to see the tech behind, I, like how can I make a Pac-Man, a Mario, Snake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I did all those clones, uh, but without thinking on uh, game design, like how, how they did all the movements and all the stuff. And I remember the hardest thing I, did this, it was uh, a battle scene like in Heroes 3. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, really, really proud of the, about that. And uh, I also did some design, but uh, I, uh, in some uh, editors, like uh, in Heroes 3 editors, and mm -hmm. I did my own maps and uh, having fun with that was always cool. And after that, uh, I actually didn't work in the uh, gaming industry like Andre. I never been in the in a studio doing games, mm -hmm. but I work uh, like a programmer for various tech companies. Gotcha. That yeah. makes sense. And me and Andre, uh, we went to the same uh, uh, master where mm -hmm. we we learn computer science for graphics engineer something like that <laughs> yeah and, and virtual <laughs> life also virtual reality it was like uh, gaming like, like graphics 
multimedia and virtual reality. I think that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is where we met and start work, working together because we were both passionate about games. Yeah, Very and cool. we went to a few game jams as well. Like we did some prototypes, we did some small games. Like I think one was called like Celogy. It was like the first phase in Spore, you know, where mm -hmm. you're a single cell and you eat other cells to grow bigger. It was a bit of a twist on that. We also did mm -hmm. another one, like I think it was called Ascendance. And you were like the W keyboard that were, you were thrown to the garbage and you were trying to ascend to keyboard heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like really fun. And we saw that we work well together. So we decided right. to make uh, a real game, so, so to speak, and launch it on Steam. And that was uh, Poland Volcan into Space. That was our first commercial release. Oh, very cool. It's interesting, uh, after doing you know these developer interviews for, for quite some time now, game jams are a very reoccurring theme in just about all of the, the indie space because of how well you get that, that practice of actually doing it, but just meeting others. There's so many stories that I've, I've heard along the way of people just saying, you know, this is how I found people because I worked well with them and I figured why not just keep doing it. Yeah, and it's, I think it's also a test for like how you work in the real world because you have like, I don't know, 24 hours or 48 hours to build a, build a full game and you need to meet a deadline and uh, there's a bit of stress on it and, and you also mm -hmm. see if the, it's fun to, to work with the other person or not. So it really shows you a bit of the, the other person's nature and it's really, it teaches you if you can work with him, with him or not, with him or her. Yeah. Right. And uh, Ubisoft, uh, I, I believe here, uh, made a lot of uh, game jobs back in the day because mm -hmm. <laughs> they actually, behind the scenes, they wanted to hire people and see what really talents are showing at the game jam. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we actually win some prizes, uh, like oh, phones wow. and VR sets and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was like a, a, a Galaxy S6 and uh, that first headset from uh, from Oculus, like Gear VR, the first, first version. Uh, that's pretty cool. Was, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Like, why wouldn't these companies want to do something like that? Because they get people who, who want to show off their work, whether it is because they're trying to get that job or not. But it's such an easy way for them to see, can this person legitimately work as opposed to just looking at experience on a resume like you yeah, get to yeah. see firsthand these individuals putting in that labor and and showing off yes this is what we can do even in such a short amount of time yeah exactly and uh, they did a, a really really good job on uh, on the uh, game jumps i mean and hands down to, uh, to them yeah, yeah for sure so yeah, um, there, there are there are passionate people as as well like us and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they they try to make everything good for us and the game jams were really really nice. That's yeah, awesome. I think I remember the like I don't know if it was the last game game jam or not. It was held somewhere at the 30th, like 30, 30 floor at some building. Like it was really high up and we, uh -huh. it, it, there was an earthquake, a small earthquake during the oh game. That, that was really an uh, interesting experience. <laughs> Can you, do you remember that, Sergio? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like the shades from the window just starting slowly to tremble and everybody's like, okay, what is happening? <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. It, it was like... A, Almost five to the Richter scale. Wow. 
Yeah. Whew, that's a uh, quite an experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but now, so you're working on Unbound, which looks very interesting, by the way, as I've already mentioned. But for those who might not know anything about the game, can you tell us a little bit about it and why people should be excited for this? Uh, should I go with this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Unbound, it's a beautiful handcrafted uh, game where you play as Soli, a, ma a small magician who can conjure magic portals to travel between different realities. And each portal has its uh, unique uh, mechanic. And uh, the game will have like eight portals. So in every portal, you have uh, something new to play with and uh, master it in some way. And the way we blended together the portals in the game, how you get abilities, uh, how you fight monsters, because you don't have, we don't have combat in the game, but uh, the way you have to teach to use the portal in order to, uh, to solve puzzles and outsmart enemies, it's really, really challenging and fun and interesting mm -hmm. in the same time. And that's that's why uh, people should play Unbound. Yeah, we, we like to call it Brainvania, you know, because it's like Metroidvania ah. with puzzles. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, that yeah. does that does answer some of my questions, but we'll, we'll dive a little bit into that. Uh, can you elaborate? I, I want to touch upon the the fact that there is, you know, you're a wizard, uh, and I was, I was surprised, like, okay, there's no combat magic. This is using those portals, and it's outsmarting those enemies. Can you elaborate a little bit more, maybe give us kind of an example of what that might look like? Because for specifics... I know that there's boss fights in this, or so the Steam page says. So what does what does a boss fight look like when you don't have any actual combat magic, so to speak? Uh, for example, we have a boss fight. I'm gonna spoil a bit the game, but I don't think it's it's gonna be too much of a problem. The first <laughs> boss that you will encounter in the game, it's it's in the reverse gravity area. Like we have a portal when you open it, it reverses gravity, mm -hmm. uh, and you get into a room. Of course, there's the boss there. And he's defending something and shooting stuff at you. And he'll have like a first phase where he does like a bullet hell, let's call it. I think that's what okay. it's called. And then he comes down and he starts shooting exactly at you. And you need, for example, to position yourself between the boss and his uh, thing he's protecting and destroy that. And, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. That's one example of, of how you're doing it. You're using the portal mechanic to make the boss uh, kill himself. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, let's so also... We also have like a portal that transforms you into a rock and you can uh, break okay. and smash things. Yeah, yeah. Ah. You, you, yeah, and you can kill enemies and stuff like that. Very you know? cool. Yeah, so th those are some examples what you can do. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So let's talk about those portals actually because there are, you said there was a number, uh, I believe you uh, mentioned eight. Um, can you elaborate and give us a, a few more examples or just talk more about what those portals will be and what the players will have to, to, to change? Is this something where, you know, they can only use these portals in specific areas or is it something where you can constantly go back and forth between all these different abilities? Uh -huh. Yeah, well, um, if you play the demo, which is right now on Steam and mm -hmm. GOG, uh, mm -hmm. you'll see that we have three portals. And one is the default portal, which uh, affects the environment, like changing, uh, uh, ch uh, changing the visibility for an object or transforming some monster into a box, something like that. Mm -hmm. 
then we have the inverse gravity and the light portal which uh, high, uh, lights up the, the environment in front of you and mm -hmm. if you stay still the the light grows around you but if you start moving the the portal shrinks so this yeah mm -hmm. people can uh, try the the portals right now on steam if they want and gog and of course for the full game we will also have uh, these portals like right now there uh, it's like 30 minutes of gameplay mm -hmm. but yeah. we extended uh, yeah and but the, for the full game we extended uh, the time with every portal so you have a lot more gameplay and fun things to do that and yeah, besides that, for, we yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we, we have for like example a portal who stops time. We have that portal that Sergio mentioned before that turns you into a rock. Uh, we have another portal that makes you really strong and you can move really big objects. We have a, another portal that makes you really small and you can squeeze through some, some tight areas. Like there's a lot of variation with them. And you also, when you get the portal, like each, each area you get to is specially customized for that portal. And mm -hmm. we usually have like slices of between 30 and 45 minutes with both portal portals. So you can get to really get acquainted to them and you can really see that the mechanic is deep enough to, to have an immersion gameplay. Yeah, I really, I really like that. And it, it goes into another one of my questions because you have all of these different areas that are very crafted for the specific portal, right? But one of the mentions on the game is that this is uh, a very non-linear structure. Is this, and you kind of mentioned Metroidvania, but is this going to be something similar to a Metroidvania where there's, although there are these areas that are crafted for that specific use, that specific portal, is this going to be something where if I'm in one section of the world, whatever it is, I might have to come back because now I gained that ability to turn small or to turn big or, or pull things like, is this going to be something where I'm constantly going back and forth between these sections? Uh, we don't reuse mechanics in other places, mostly like we'll have, mm -hmm. we we're thinking of doing that for the final boss, but that's another discussion, but we also have abilities like dash, double jump and wall climb, which unlock oh, okay. new areas in the game. So for example, if you, you play the demo, you see that you have two paths. You can go yep. at the same time, you can go to the gravity portal or the light portal below. Like we have a mm -hmm. lot of times when you can do that in the game, having this. Also, after you get double jump, you unlock another area and you can go there and see another portal and so on. And right. we have a lot of little secrets and uh, secret areas peppered throughout the game, which need an ability or the other. So you cannot really explore the full game without having all of the abilities so it's metroidvania ish not full metroidvania with not combat. full okay yeah no i like that i like that um and that'll probably make it so it doesn't scare off those people who have metroidvania fatigue or for those who don't like the backtracking element to it because it sounds like it's more of things that are there to to kind of add to it and i i wanted to talk about that because in the demo there's there's an area where you're able to rescue someone there's people in these more hidden areas that you can find Will there be things like, uh, you know, secret endings or certain collectibles to unlock that'll push for exploring everywhere? So what's what's kind of that incentive for someone to to really explore every nook and cranny in this world? Uh, yeah, we decided to add. Uh, yeah, so basically, you can consider that uh, people you save like collectibles, mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. will unlock uh, more of the story and some secret levels as well. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, and I like to say that the real Unbound stays in those uh, secret uh, uh, secret villagers you save because uh, the puzzles because uh, you want to save them you have to do some challenging platforming or some harder puzzles and I really enjoy those sections more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they are more challenging. But uh, right. the main path, where you only have to do the quests to finish the uh, to finish the game, it's uh, it's much easier, you know. Yeah, right. we're trying yeah. to make the game as as accessible as possible for everyone, so everyone can pick up and play and enjoy it. But for those players who really want a challenge and are more hardcore players, so to speak, we also have uh, secret areas like this. And if you do all of them, you get another level, which is really hardcore. If you're thinking, I don't know, like Path of Pain of, in Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that because that's usually one of my questions is is about accessibility and how certain people are more tailored towards an easier experience that just want kind of more of that story. So I I do like the fact that you're you're putting that uh, less of an emphasis on difficult puzzles or platforming for those people who just want to experience it because you know even myself and i i love challenging games but especially when it comes to puzzle type games or things where you might have to you know figure it out there is a a sort of fatigue that comes with that after doing so many times of certain things where you can just feel kind of flustered Uh and maybe someone just wants to go past a secret hidden area because they're like i'll I'll do this later or like i don't want to do this now kind of a thing yeah, so in a way, I consider now uh, Unbound to be more like a platforming game than a puzzle game because right. okay. yeah, because the nature of the the portal. I mean, in, in, it's really we have puzzles uh, just to make it clear, but uh, there is the the platforming element as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what we really like is that okay, you know what to do, but you have to also execute and plan your movement. Yep. And you can become really good in time at that. Uh, but if you are with a puzzle, uh, that can interrupt your experience because you want to go on uh, YouTube or some uh, Wikipedia to see how it's done. And that right. uh, can ruin the experience. Yeah. 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 But uh, for me now, it feels more like a platforming game than a straight uh straight uh, puzzle like uh, how it's baba is you or a master expedition yeah yeah right right yeah i mean i i still think that that what i said applies in a certain regards that there's probably people who who don't want it like there's people who probably know what they have to do but they can't execute it as well or they don't want to keep trying and they're 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 just flustered with it so it's good to have that accessibility of hey if you don't want to do this it's not specifically required for you to get that ending but if you want you know more of the experience it's there for you to practice and keep trying at to get right yeah and just to not forget uh, going back to the metroidvania thing uh, with the portals uh from the question uh -hmm. we had before it's every portal will combine with the the abilities that like Andre mentioned, like, okay, you have the default portal and you don't have any ability, but you get double jump, dash and wall climb. And then you can go in that specific zone mm-hmm. and unlock the new areas with that yeah. portal. Yeah. So every portal we combine with uh, the abilities. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about inspiration and kind of what inspired this game to be. Checking out the demo, it, it definitely, and I, I know I said this before we started recording, but it reminds me a lot of a very brighter limbo. Um, what would you say were the main games or maybe other mediums that inspired Unbound? Uh, should I start or Andre? Yeah, you can go. You can go for this one. Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, me and Andre, we worked on a 3D game. We wanted to do a horror game with uh, where you had a torch in your hand, and uh, this torch was magical. And mm -hmm. if you rotate the torch in your hand, you had other lights, so that will shift oh. shift the light in the environment. Yes, uh -huh. but we quickly realized that uh, we don't have the resources or the time and money to to do that game. So uh -huh. we tried, yeah, and we we said let's go in 2D and see what we can do there. And obviously, that the first thing that came in our mind was to. To press a button and uh, shift the entire screen of uh, the game, like World One, World Two, World One, World Two, and mm -hmm. that field, yeah, and that will create a lot of confusion for the, for us, <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> we, and for the player because uh, changing the screen, uh, the whole screen at uh, once, uh, it's really confusing, mm -hmm. and yeah, and we had to came uh, with another idea for changing the. The world and mm -hmm. yeah and i was watching a, a music video of a band called architects and they have a huge portal behind them in one of uh, in that video okay yeah and <laughs> we took that idea and it fit very well and that's how um, we came with uh, the portal mechanic and after that we said hmm, having just a portal that uh, shift things or uh, transform things it's can become tedious and boring after a while so let's yeah. make the portal uh, add new mechanics every time so that's <laughs> in the nutshell how the idx games and yeah, yeah and for the for the games that inspired us for me personally was uh, as you mentioned limbo but in time uh, we limbo is pretty linear right Right. Of yeah, and uh, we said at some point uh, that we should go to do, in a Metroidvania fashion, open world-ish, and also uh, a game that inspired me a lot was uh, the Swapper. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah um, also, Braid Portal, of course. They have uh, amazing puzzles, mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like Diablo 2, uh, how they... Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and how, um, how they did the quests and stuff like that. The lore, oh. how they implemented the lore. It's yeah. something that we try to do in Unbound as well. Not on like on RPG stuff, but... Right, right. Yeah, adapted in our way. Perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I like yeah. that. That's, that's really cool because I'm a big fan of Diablo 2, so I, yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> excited to see some of that. <laughs> yeah, and regarding the, the Metroidvania fashion, like, well, as you said, we started in a linear way, like every experience uh -huh. was linear, custom tailor-made. But one of the problems, like I think many, many puzzle <clears throat> designers face and, and try to avoid is like, if you get stuck on a puzzle, you can't do anything in the game. You cannot progress, you know? Right. So we, we found that if we branch thing out, things out, then you can try another puzzle and maybe just quick 
do a quick refresh on your mind and then come back. It's a, a lot better than having to just stay stuck on a puzzle. So that's why we, we like branching more. So you don't get stuck on a puzzle or even a platforming area. If it's too difficult, it's always good to have another choice to, to go and, and try. Right. Yeah, this, right. Uh, this idea was Andre. He wanted to add abilities and stuff like that. And it turns out to be really great with uh, the whole design. Yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah so. I think that's really smart. Yeah, and regarding games like Inspiration, I think uh, we both play a lot of games uh, ranging for from small titles to AAA games mm-hmm. and from different genres. And we try to, if you play a good game, we try to analyze what makes it good and we maybe try to learn something from it. We also play bad games to see what went wrong with them or why what's right. wrong with them, what it's really good. And some other games that I think inspired us, I think Braid was an inspiration in The Witness uh, and Portal because they have like this teaching mechanic, like they don't have any tutorials but they still mm-hmm. teach you the mechanic very well, especially Portal, that's really amazing. Yeah. And from the art side, I think we have some more influences as well. Uh, okay. if you yeah, I the could game. And mm-hmm. from level design, I think it's also Hollow Knight. We, we really think that's they have a really good level design, yeah. Ex- except for some backtracking parts, but they fixed those in, in a patch. Like you get that teleportability now. Right. That's cool. All right. Well, that, I mean, that sounds very exciting. Those are, that's a lot of good games, uh, a lot of good points. Um, let's talk about the actual time frame for this game. So for the average player, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is going to differ a little bit based on how well adapted you are to platforming games, but on average, uh, what would you say this would take someone from start to finish to complete? It would be probably around six to eight hours to do okay. the main path in the end. Like we'll have three full worlds and a few bosses around six, between six and eight hours. And also if they want to do also the optional areas, probably another one or two hours maybe, but it really depends on, on how fast the, the players are. Cause it's gotta be, if it's a speedrunner, like it's gonna be like two hours, maybe oh, a lot well, shorter. Speedrunners are always gonna find a way to break yeah, it. So. Or maybe they <laughs> yeah, break, they break the levels like they did in Half-Life and finish it in 15 minutes. I don't know. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they, they always find the weirdest ways. I don't know how they do it either because it's just sometimes the, they, they I love watching things like GDQ and watching people who, who will explain everything about like what they're doing as they're breaking the game. And it's amazing because some of those things where they break it, you're like, how did you even possibly think of doing this? They're like, oh, well, you have to have this ability and this item and then like at this certain time, and it's like a pixel frame, perfect thing. And you're like, how did you find that out? How could you have possibly figured <laughs> yeah. that out? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But actually we we don't, uh, we didn't design the game with uh, speed running in, in our minds. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. if people find some strange ways to finish uh, faster that's okay for us but uh, it's not like in celeste they they did specifically right. some things for speedrunners yeah 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 because we, we also have atmosphere which is really uh, dark and uh, claustrophobic and we want you to feel that uh, yeah yeah and I mean, if you speedrun it, it takes away all of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I remember, yeah. I remember watching a video where like three developers from Half-Life watching someone speedrun the game. And I don't know, he did the glitch, like going through a wall and something and skipping a cutscene. And one of the developers like, eh, there goes six months of my life. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, there's ob- obviously it's really cool to watch because it's like, oh wow, I can't believe you're able to do that. But it it is a little bit depressing from a developer standpoint to put all this love and and care into something and someone just says like, yeah, all of that part, I don't, I don't really, yeah, I, I'm I don't want to do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I definitely understand the the interest in there, and you're right. There's a lot, especially with this game, like a big aspect of it is that beautiful and yet kind of scary or claustrophobic side of things where you want them to be immersed in the world. That's part of this game. It's, it's a very immersive type of experience where they're trying to, you're trying to actually get the player to feel like they're in that, that space. So it does make sense that you wouldn't have that in mind uh, and develop it to be broken in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. I think that makes sense. Um, let's talk a little bit about the actual time frame for this game to come out. So when it comes to the release date, I see on the Steam page you're planning for Q2 2021, which is relatively soon. Uh, it's not that far out. Um, especially for relatively closer titles, I always like to ask just in general, you know, how is development going? Do you feel confident that you're going to be able to achieve that time frame? Yeah, I think we're, we're close to it. Like, we're working really hard to to reach it i think we're, we're there we're closer to it like it, it always some some issues come up and and uh, some things take a longer time than expected and right. we'll have to see like i really hope uh, we're gonna reach it yeah so basically me and andre we are so working on weekends like from time to time and right. yeah we also spend like 12 hours a day Oof. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but uh, it, I mean, you, you don't feel it. Uh, back when I was hired uh, and had a job, like eight hours was, oh my God, when can I go home? <laughs> right. Because I, uh, well, it was tech and I like programming, but I didn't really like what uh, I was programming. So I can't right. wait to, to leave that place and do something else more which was more interesting for me. But mm-hmm. now the time flies uh, different and it, I work from 5 in the morning to 6 or 7 p.m. in the evening and it's totally fine. I'm not uh, very, yeah. I'm very... I'm very uh, satisfied at the end of the day and mm-hmm. I'm very happy, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, happy. it's... Oh, sorry. go ahead. No, sorry. No, I'm usually actually the reverse with Sergio. Like, he, he starts very early in the morning. I, I wake up a, a lot later, like around 10 or 11. I start working and finish like 3 or 4 in, in the, the night. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, okay. but, but of course, I take a few breaks. So, like, I don't forget to right. eat or drink water. Or... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. that's, that's the thing, right? As long as it's a, it's a healthy uh, way that you're, you're doing this, and as long as if you're passionate about something, it is a much different experience. If you're happy doing that and it's not affecting your health, like, I, I don't... I don't say that there's no, uh, you know, there's no negative uh, effects to, to working that long, but at the same time, like you were saying, it's just, it's a different experience. You actually want to put in those hours. It's different from someone saying or forcing you to work extra hours versus you saying, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I'm passionate about this and I'm going to do this because, you know, you, you want to get that release date. You want to hit that and you want to make it the best game that it can possibly be. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree exactly. with you. Yeah. As long as it's voluntarily and nobody forces you, it's all right. right. Yeah, that's that's what I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
Um, but that's that's great to hear. I hope you guys can make that. Um, as far as the platforms go, I know that uh, you had a Kickstarter, which went uh, pretty well, actually, because uh, I, I believe you, you ended up hitting about 200% of your goal, which was uh, phenomenal. Yeah, almost, yeah. Um, and I know there was, uh, this is releasing to Steam. I believe you hit the goal of the Switch, um, I, I don't think you guys hit the, the, the PlayStation or Xbox console though. Is that still in, in, in the air? And I'm sure you can't say one way or the other, but are you still, you're planning for right now, just PC and switch? Uh, for the initial launch, we do are still planning PC and switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we would like after it depends a lot on how, how the initial launch goes, but we would right. like to launch on the, the PlayStation, the Xbox as well. But we'll have to see exactly how, gotcha. how things go. I'm actually I, I like last week I, I worked a bit on optimizing the game for the Switch because mm-hmm. we're planning on releasing the demo that you you played on Steam. We're planning to release it on the Switch as well. Oh, that's and, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was working on optimizing it. We're really trying to reach like 60 FPS. Oh, nice. It, yeah, it reduces the input lag for quite a bit, and it just right. feels smoother. Yeah, that's and awesome. uh, that's great to hear. And if the launch of the game uh, is successful and people really enjoy the game, we are also planning to launch it on phones sometimes, maybe in 2022. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because uh, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want you want a wider audience, right? Yeah. Exactly. The only, yeah. The only thing we need to to figure out on the phones is like, apart from the porting, is like how do you do the the uh, payment or how do you do split into pieces do you give only uh, a chapter you know that's the problem because most premium games are really a hard sell right and, uh, like i think monument valley is an exception for example it's a premium game on on uh, the mobile but i don't think if we're gonna be able to like release like a 15 dollar game maybe on, on mobile it's really hard so yeah it's a little tougher for yeah. that space yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting struggle, huh? Yeah, yeah and so also the controls. Like right now, I think we have like five buttons to press, and some. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's a platforming game where you have to switch between the portals, press dash, press double jump, <laughs> all that right. crazy buttons uh, combination. And I, I, it's, I don't know how it's going to be on the phone, but we shall see. Yeah, yeah. I tried. I tried Dead Souls on the phone. But I'm not. I'm not usually. I don't usually play too much on my phone. So it was really, really hard to to use get used to the virtual uh, gamepad. Right. Yeah. I think it's and it's just a different. It's a different style, right? Because I I have the same thing. Like I'm I'm at an age now where I'm not very old. Like I'm 30, but I'm old enough to the point where it's kind of that. Uh, can't teach an old dog new tricks where anytime I try to play on my phone from like a mobile gaming aspect I just I it, it doesn't click with me even using my phone I'm still getting I'm getting to that point where I'm kind of like that crotchety old man where I'm like this is too difficult I just want to do this on my computer yeah. like it's too it, the phone is too small too hard exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sure it's it's there's a, a little bit of uh there's just a different a different person who has that style that that enjoys that more uh and i don't want to say it's only a generational thing but i will say to some degree it is um but yeah it's it's a it's an interesting challenge to overcome right because it's a totally different space that you're used to building off of right now the the closest i got to a mobile experience is the, the nintendo switch but that's quite different since it's it's more like a console than than a mobile right yeah yeah 
yeah, it's an interesting, interesting in between console. Um, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. We've we've uh, we've already talked a lot about the game, and uh, thank you obviously for coming on. But I, I always like to wrap this up with just general advice. I, I love hearing uh, all the indie devs and and their wealth of knowledge that they have. For those listening who might you know be interested in starting their own project, just getting into the game space in general, do you have any tips? Maybe about the Kickstarter. Maybe about you know getting to that point of of actually building your first game, you know, things that you've learned along the way, what can you instill upon others? Oh my God, there's so many things to say <laughs> yeah. here, yeah? <laughs> so my my general advice is to start uh, with small games, see if you really like creating games. Mm-hmm. Like don't, like it's for, uh, with writers, they want to write uh, books that are 400 or 500 pages. But uh, why don't you start and write like 20 page book and see if, if it feels good and mm-hmm. you like to write that's uh, that applies for I mean for everything I believe Starts, yeah, it's all about little iterations yeah exactly and uh, that's my general advice with uh, development also making the step from part-time to full-time in gaming it's also important because uh, you have to manage your time differently, your money, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, if you do a project which is really, really long and tedious and uh, takes a lot of uh, time and money, then plan to plan really careful, like <laughs> multiply with two your time right. range. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and from my side. Like when you start doing something, I know you love it and I know you think it's the greatest game in the world, mm-hmm. but you should also play test it. You know, this is something mm-hmm. we didn't do at the start. Like we played our own game for quite a lot of time. Uh, and we were lucky enough to go to some conferences and we saw how the players reacted to, to the game. And that taught us a lot about what we need to change and how to need to improve the game. So when right. you're doing a game, even if you're a solo developer, doing this in your in your basement, just call a few friends and have them play the game so you can see how they react to it and, and you can see how to improve it because in the end you don't do the game for yourself for you yourself you know you do it for other people and you need mm-hmm. to see how other people react to it if yeah. you also want to release it commercially if it's only like you want to maybe learn how to do a game engine or learn how to do something that's fine you know but if you want to do a commercial game just make sure you play test with people and play test as early as possible because that's going to definitely improve your game in the long time Right. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that because it's it's weird. Um, there's you just you you don't know other people's what's in their head. You don't know how they're gonna experience it, and you're so biased because you know exactly what you have to do from like a platforming aspect or a puzzle aspect if you're building this kind of game. And so you you go in already with that 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 bias of having that knowledge where someone might look at that and have no idea what to do but to you it's so obvious because you built it right why doesn't he do that like it's so simple like (laughs) no exactly (laughs) yeah and and and, like we started playtesting at conferences and that helped us quite a bit but to go to a conference you need to have the full art and everything in the game and that's 
also a problem. So what I suggest, like just having your friends over a beer, well, I know this is more of a problem now in our times. Right, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's how we start the playtesting initially, just having friends over beer, like four or five friends and, 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 and playing the game. And we it taught us a lot about the game and I really think it improved it. Yeah, the problem the problem is uh, with the conferences. Like, if you want to playtest the game at conferences, you also have to put art, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how we did it, and that was a huge, huge mistake because uh, we did the levels, we put the arts, and then we went to the conference. And then people played it not the way we wanted or something like that, and we come back home and we had to change the levels, and that uh, modified the art as well, and takes a lot of time. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Also so, yeah play with friends or people uh, the first time and then go to conferences yeah and then try to be as objective as possible with with your own game i know that's that's a really hard part to do because you're spending so much time with it it's, it's difficult for us as well like we have days when we think this is the greatest day game when games with when we think it's boring you know try to yeah. be as objective as possible and learn from those playtests like if you see that 10 people out of 11 get stuck on a thing there's probably an issue there yeah, exactly. And be objective is something it's not good. It's better maybe to, to, to cut it and, and, and even if though you work you worked on it, if it's not good, yeah. Mm -hmm. There are some some things that are really difficult. Right. Yeah, I think I having kind of a, a a good skill of knowing when to use the knife to cut things out of the game is definitely important because a lot of people associate a game being complete by just having a lot of content when it's more of you probably want to cut a good 20% of your game out if it doesn't fit or if, you know, having a little bit less to have all of that complete game more of a perfect match is more well worth it in my eyes than just having more content and leaving everything in there because, you know, you're worried about, oh, well, I spent time on this. I don't want to remove it. Yeah, there are some great examples of games there that are really short but really impressive. I, if you know Greece. Yep. Mm -hmm. The game is like, I don't know, two, three hours? Like, it's very short, but it's really, really polished. And I don't think anybody complained about, okay, this game is too short. Right. Well, I'm sure and, there were people, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 probably. <laughs> but yeah, in, in the long run, I think it was better for them to have a very short and polished game than adding a lot of tons of stuff. And I think The Outer Worlds is a, a good example of this as well. Like, mm -hmm. I, I watched some documentary, and they, they chose to cut out of it to make the be better what they, they had left. You know, yep. to me, the deadline, there's a lot of example. Of, of yeah, that. and uh, also, I think that uh, this comes with age. Like, uh, people in, uh, in our age, like 30s, uh, mm -hmm. they prefer smaller games because they don't have that time. Much time. Yeah, yeah, much time. Yeah, and I prefer to play, like, two or three hours game and finish it and have the whole experience than a 40 hours game that uh, I have to interrupt it a lot and play right. it in one month or two months. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah but i see that on younger kids uh, when we tell them that we going to cut some parts of the game uh, they almost crying <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy yeah, yeah and i have i think one more advice for, for okay, yeah. developers like uh, I know it's really cool when you see those developers that did uh, one game by themselves. They did all of the art and everything like Stardew Valley, but it's really difficult for, for new developers, I would suggest, to to get a partner because there are a lot of hard times when, when doing a game and uh, motivation becomes quite a, a bit of an issue. 
because mm-hmm. it, it, games take most games take a long time to to build you know and most of the times you may run out of motivation you may run out of, run, run out of juice and it's always better to have a partner in the long run who right. support you as well you know so like at least two people working it's really good uh like the core team for one bound for example it's three people like it's me sergio and olga she's our artist that uh, she's responsible for for the beautiful art that you see in the game mm-hmm. uh which actually she's our art director because lately we've increased the team a bit and we have more art, talented artists as well but she's she's Very part nice. of the core team and she's been from the beginning of, of unbound as well and yeah it's, it's really good to have more people working on it yeah, I think that makes sense. Having having that support, right? Yeah, uh, it's always good to have. Uh, not to be doing it on on your own. I, I know that there's some some people who say like, oh well, I want to have more of a, a fleshed out idea, or I, I just like working on my own. But there's there's a lot that you can gather from having other opinions, other perspectives, um, and it's good to sometimes just have that support to help you when you need it. Because if it's just you. You know, it's, it's just, you. yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those listening, Unbound is currently in development, as we just said, but it will be coming out for Switch and PC. And if you're interested in the PC version, you want to get a head start, you can always go ahead and wishlist the game on Steam. You can also download the demo that they have of it so you can check it out yourself. Before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you guys would like to mention that we might not have covered today? Uh I hope you like the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you have any comments or you didn't like something, we also we always check our reviews on Steam and uh, on websites. And if you have something to write to us, we are on Discord, Twitter, yeah. and yeah, you, you can write us feedback and your opinion about the game. All yeah, right. that would be great. <laughs> Awesome. So, all right, then. Once again, thank you so much for joining today. It was a pleasure talking to you both. Thank you for having me. Yes. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.